Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rostentations podcast. I am your host, Ross Lipschultz, at R-O-S-S-E-L-6-4 on Twitter, bringing you episode 10. You may have noticed that intro, uh, no words, just the sounds of the crowd coming through, and that is because this is episode 10, Lupe Fiasco's Superstar. This is a one of my all-time favorite songs, and possibly one of the songs that really launched Lupe Fiasco into the stratosphere, uh, into main, into the mainstream, which he may or may not have liked, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but he is one of the, one of my favorite artists, one of the best lyricists that's out there in the game right now, and I think, uh, despite the fact I'm recording this from inside of a closet, I think, uh, this is my time to break him out, so Lupe Fiasco's Superstar off of The Cool. Now, you're probably asking, Ross, why is this the song you picked. Why did you pick the whole Lupe Fiasco until episode 10? Well, I knew that I was going to be seeing Lupe Fiasco in concert on February 23rd, and knowing that that was the case, I wanted to release an episode with him around that date. Uh, He was performing at the Novo in Los Angeles, and he performed his entire original album, Food and Liquor, his very first... uh, album. I don't know why it took me so long to say album. Clearly just had a brain fart while trying to say a single word. Very impressive. Clearly a day off in my brain, in my world. Not from work because I clearly didn't do so hot there either. Anyway, this is the first single off his 2007 album, The Cool. Um, but the concert at the Nova was amazing. Lupe Fiasco is one of the all, one of my favorite performers live. Mostly because he knows what the people want to hear. He knows what the people want to see. I know a lot of artists want to play some of their new stuff. They want to get in their hits. Uh, Lupe Fiasco doesn't care about that. He plays whatever he wants, but he gets you into it either way. I remember my favorite Lupe Fiasco show of all time that I went to was at the Chicago Theater when I was in college. And I took like three subway trains from Northwestern to get there. I had no idea where I was, what neighborhood I was in. And by the time we got there, there was a gigantic line. Somehow we made our way. We found some people that my friends knew. We got all the way up to the front pretty much. And I i mean, I was in spitting distance from him and it was so amazing. But the best part about it was almost the entire concert was him playing his mixtapes. Now, most people would probably be like, oh, I came to... Oh, there are a lot of people who came to the show and clearly were not like as into it because they're like, what? I paid for money to see Lupe Fiasco. I want to hear him play Superstar. I want to hear him play Kick Push. I want to hear him play daydreaming or you know any of his stuff from his whatever album he was on at the time i'm pretty sure it was right after lasers but he just played his stuff from like the 90s and the early 2000s and well before he was even known and it was unbelievable i knew every word because i've downloaded all of his albums i've listened to them many times if i wanted this to be a very niche podcast we probably could just go on to songs like switch or mean and vicious or much more uh it's he is such an eclectic rap sphere and it's because he really doesn't like working with rap labels um he doesn't he's not a really a mainstream guy and he doesn't want to be in the mainstream maybe evidence best by the fact that his hobbies involve samurai sword play aggressive esports play and getting on twitter to tell people how racist they are now do i agree with all lupe fiasco's politics and all his world absolutely not you know he's a very outspoken person but he always claims that he's being blackballed always claims that the industry's done this to him and that may be the case i mean his albums were constantly delayed when they were coming out he's never been truly happy with them but i feel like this song and the reason i picked superstar not only did i just hear lupe fiasco 
live, but I also think this is the song that really, it essentially set two parts of his career separate. You know, he, he went from, he went from being totally underground, not well known. He puts out kick push. It's well received. People like it gets him into the rap mainstream, but definitely not the pop mainstream. And this song is where things, ironically, he becomes a superstar. We'll get into the lyrics of it in a little bit, but it's not as glamorous as you might think. And as he started getting in trouble with Atlantic uh, Records, which was his record label that kind of screwed him over a number of times, this song is the song that he would close shows out with. He'd bring lots of people out on stage. Everyone's singing along. It's the alt. I mean, it's the lyrics are so, the chorus is so catchy that the words, you may not even think of them when you're listening to it. It's just a bop your head along song um, and belt out the chorus, but it is, it's deep. So why don't we get into it? Again, the song is Superstar, comes out on September 25th, 2007 uh, on his, as the first single off of Lupe Fiasco's The Cool, his second album. Uh, It was his most popular single and most popular album. The album itself charted, it it was actually nominated for the best rap album at the 2009 Grammys, um, and it's certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. But the song itself critically received incredibly well. Um, it in the U.S. it was top ten for the Hot 100, top ten, for, top three for rap songs, and actually in the U.K. it was also super popular thanks on the R&B chart hitting number one, singles chart hitting number four. And it's crazy to think that for how popular and long Louis Fiasco's career has been, he's actually never had a single more successful than this one. Uh, mostly because he doesn't get the same promotion that his other albums do. And I know we talked about in the past, in last week's episode about the International Players and that Pimp C was very upset to hear that Project Pat's song was not promoted by Sony. Well, that's actually what happened a lot here. He fought with his record label to get his songs promoted, his album promoted. And the reason he thinks he was blackballed, from the industry I can't say so much, but on, on getting stuff promoted as well as it probably should have been, that's definitely the case here. Especially because when he released it, it was... Ranked, I mean, Complex had it at one of the 95 best songs, of the, or ranked it 95th on its best songs of the decade, the 2000 to 2010 decade. Uh, tons of great comments from Billboard, from, uh, let's see, just lots of different albums and different media raved about. I raved about his, obviously, Matthew Santos, who's uh, does the chorus on the song. So we'll get into it in a second here. One thing I want to say about Lupe Fiasco is he puts out these songs that are so meaningful and they have so much depth to him. The reason I said at the beginning is that he's one of the best lyricists in the game. I personally think he's the best lyricist I've ever heard. I know people throw out Kendrick Lamar, they'll throw out all sorts of great hip-hop artists. I'm not putting them anything down, but I think the way he goes into his metaphors, into his album-long storylines that he does in such different different songs, different takes, different things like that, he does so much great work on it that you hear this song and you go, oh, man, it's just kind of a poppy hit. It's something fun. It really isn't. You have to listen to the whole album because it's so deep. So I'm going to stop talking here for a little bit. Let's play a little bit of Superstar, and um, you'll we'll talk about it in a second. So enjoy the uh, opening bit here from Matthew Santos and Lupe Fiasco. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear. You are what you say you 
Trying to cash his microphone, check 212 Wanna believe my own hype, but it's too untrue The world brought me to my knees, what if you brung you? Did you improve on the design, did you do something new? Where your name in on the guest list, who brung you? You, the more famous person you come through And the sexy lady next to you, you come too And then the hitman, standing outside of heaven Waiting for God to come and get me I'm too uncool. Okay, hold up So, you hear the opening to this song, and obviously it opens up, literally the first line of the entire song is Matthew Santa saying, if you are what you say, you are a superstar. It's a reference to Jesus Christ superstar. So, you know the metaphors are coming, even when it's not Lupe, you know he wanted some of that in there. And the song opens up with just talking about, oh, here's the cameras, here's the microphone, this is the scene. You're thinking it's setting the scene for someone who's just going to perform and be the and be the star of the show and be the entertainment. But it's really not as much about that. When he go when Lupe starts talking, his first line is a fresh, cool young Lou. It's immediately a reference to his character that he builds for the entire The Cool album, which is about a gentleman named Michael Young History. Um, or MYH as he's known amongst Lupe stands as such as myself. By the way, I want to say something. The phrase stands, it's bizarre that that's what's stuck in rap. And really, any now that's much more in pop culture, you hear it in sports, you hear it in uh, entertainment, people who are stands. That's being someone such a... That comes from that song with Eminem and Dido called Stan about uh, Eminem's diehard fan that writes to him and writes to him and doesn't get any response and eventually kills himself because he doesn't. Um, and then it turns out Eminem did get the letter. And for some reason, this song is all around Di- a sample of Dido. He actually got Dido to be in that video, which is so weird. And it's crazy that that's what got... That's a that's a bit of slang that lots of people use, but it came from a kind of an obscure Eminem song. I'm sure if you name, ask people to name Eminem tracks, they would come up to a lot of them before they got to the one with Dido. And it's an incredibly depressing song, um, but I guess no one wants to hear his work for with... Uh, D12 or whatever the fuck their name was. But anyway, rap slang is so interesting. And I was just thinking about this the other day. The word beef is also interesting to me because if you have beef with someone, which Lupe Fiasco has tons of beef with pretty much anyone who's white. But anyway, I'm not, I don't want to get into that principle. Uh, let's go with just the album labels and keep it safe for uh, safe for the show so we don't have to get too aggressive. But beef is so strange. I don't know the origin of that term, but... How do you think it came the first time? Like, oh, you want to fight with me? Like, beefing with someone as a verb. Obviously, it's from there, but that had to come from something. It doesn't seem connected to any of the words of, like, fighting or anything like that. Like, did some was someone in a fight and took, like, a package of ground beef and started smacking someone with it and then became viral? Um, that's what I mean. There has to be some, and that's why I thought about it with Eminem and Stan's, is that there must be some seminal moment where people are like, yo, let's poultry this motherfucker. Nah, nah, we have to beef with them. So it, it doesn't really make sense. And yes, you might have just thought, oh, he's just using a different type of meat. No, but I think using chickens are actually well known for fighting. So if you'd called, if you'd said we're going to poultry with this dude, then yeah, I would have gotten it. Now, is it the opposite about chickens? It's beef is heartier and strong and uh, often used in American food as opposed to chicken, which is seen as a weaker, a coward, something that they don't want to go with. I don't know. Could they have said pork? Sure. Could they have used ground turkey? It's possible. Uh, what about fish? That's fine. I th- although I don't think a fish fillet would really get the sense that beef does. I don't know. It just seems very strange that that's where that term came from. 
and I don't really want to look it up. I'd like to rather I'd rather prefer to uh, just wildly speculate about people using food to talk about fighting with someone. Because, uh, you know, next time if someone gets in an argument, we're going to have polenta. I think that's just going to be way more fun. And, uh, yeah, I don't. other rice-based dishes are not going to be as exciting. Anyway, this is totally relevant. I got way off track. My Cool Young History, he's a character that Lupe carries through all of the songs throughout The Cool. And he's essentially the protagonist of the album. And I always thought it was very interesting because when I listen to music, I tend to listen on shuffle. My experience is one song, a new song, a new artist, a new genre in some cases. Sometimes it goes from not even, it's not even music. It could be a comedy routine that's on a CD that I've burned. I have Richard Pryor, Mitch Hedberg, people like that on my, you know, uh, music, my library. And, but that's really not possible with this album. You can listen to Superstar separately and a lot of people, obviously it was a single, so a lot of people do, but to get the whole story of what he's doing, Lupe Fiasco does one of the things that a lot of people don't and actually tells a full story about this guy who's essentially trying to get it into heaven. And you, you hear it in his lyrics. He's like, well, your name on the guest list, who brung you, uh, waiting for God to come and get me. I'm too uncouth. He essentially is talking about Michael Young history or MYH, he's rejected from heaven at the pearly gates because he's a nefarious drug dealer. He's contributed nothing positive to the world, and uh, now he has to wait. His name is not in the book of life, and he's not able to enter paradise. And essentially, Lupe's saying it's a it's a metaphor from him being able to get into a club or get into the the limelight, the the become the star of the show. It's because he doesn't have a, a lot of people. They want that fame, they want that stardom, but there's such a people are holding them back for their past, for what's happened before. He hasn't done something new. That's the thing is, have you contributed? Have you made an impact on society? And that's what he's saying here is that getting into heaven, the pearly gates really has an effect in getting into these exclusive, in this case, in the video, it's them walking on a red carpet, getting into a club, but it's, it's more than that. It's really talking about exclusivity. It's talking about keeping people down and keeping people out of these places. While Michael Young history, obviously you're trying to get into a heaven. It's a big thing here. And it, and that's kind of why I enjoy Lupe Fiasco. Um, not obviously, this is a very specific example. This whole album has one protagonist and one character, so it's a much longer story. But all of his al- all of his songs really have double meanings. You listen to songs like Mean and Vicious, where he's you know he's opening it. It's all on the the nerd base hip hop. I mean, it's not backpack rap or something like that. But it's all of his topics are so much more deeper than just what he's getting into. It, the entire song is a metaphor in some regard, whether it's going back and forth. He really doesn't talk about the glamorization of rap, the glamorization of hip-hop. He, it, it's, a, it's almost a different genre of music. And, yeah, there are lots of references that don't make any goddamn sense in here, and I'm going to get into it in a second here. But he's... Th- this thing here is that it's all about trying to get into heaven does being a superstar does your fame help you get the places you want to go so let's keep it going and play a little bit more here and uh, we'll get back into it. Unschooled to the rules and too gumshoe. Too much of a newcomer and too uncool. Like Shadow and LaVille. I battle with it well. Though I need a holiday like Lady Who Sung Blue. Go back, whatever you did, you undo. Heavy as heaven, the devil on me two tons too. If you are what you say you are. A superstar. Then have no fear. The camera's here. And the microphone's You better 
wear your shades The spotlights here can burn holes through the stage Down through the basement, past the Indian graves Where the dinosaurs laid and out through China Nearly misses airliners, magnified times five This is pointed at the rhyme of ricochets Off the moon and sets the forest blaze Hold up, so this whole story is about your fame, if you believe what it is, if you're a part of this kind of world where that's what's important, do, what is the bat downside to it, right? Everyone thinks being famous, being along, being successful, that's really what the world of it is. And it's essentially that it's not really the case. You can still be famous. You can still have this lifestyle and still be rejected from the things you really want or the, the end goals or whatever it might be. And, you know, Lupe starts this the first verse, the second verse here, with you better wear shades, a spotlight tear can burn hole through the stage, down to the basement, past the Indian greys where the dinosaurs laid. He's essentially saying that spotlight can take you from you being the performer, you being the person in the limelight, and shoot you straight down into hell. And uh, Lupe, obviously a Muslim, not a into the Christian belief, but this is a big thing for him. He talks about this a lot of his songs where people, it, people view hip-hop, they view rap as being some glorification, some being some... L- amazing thing to look up to but it's frankly not that way for him at least that's that's the way he always presents it and you know that same spotlight can take you through to china nearly miss their liners and set the force ablaze it can go from everything being good to everything being on fire and it's uh you know it's not exactly that the most lovely visual but when you watch you watch the video and the video is is a very in my opinion it's not a great video. It's really just him rapping on a red carpet. Um, he talks, he shows my cool young history who has does this cool pose where he's got the grim reaper hand on one side of things. And the other side is him in like, like a dirty suit. Like he's a zombie. Um, it's it, other than that though, it, it's really kind of basic. It's people walking on a red carpet, getting their pictures taken, you know, showing, showing the lavish style. It, the music, music videos really don't do him justice. You can watch this video and have no idea what he's talking about for the majority of the time. So I, I just wanted to say that because I think his experience around hip hop, yes, there's lots of people who sue record labels, Drake and Lil Wayne sued each other's for years. And they're, and they should not be doing that. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. Drake's Lil Wayne essentially discovered Drake as a hip-hop artist and maybe just count your fucking blessings, Drake, because uh, you'd still be a paraplegic in Canada if it wasn't for him. But there's lots of there's lots of beef, that kind of stuff around these things. But Lupe's was very specific, and I think what he's saying in this song is that even if you think people who are you watch on stage are doing so well, it's not always the case. So uh, anyway, we're going to get more of that in a second, so I'm going to shoot it through here. Now that's important to say, cause even with all that, most of us don't want it to fade. Duh. We want it to break, meaning we want it to grow, meaning we want it to stay. Like the governor called and he told him to wait. Unstrap him from the chair and put him back in his cage. The audience ain't phased, then they ain't gonna clap and they ain't gonna praise. They want everything back that they paid, cause they've been waiting since 10 to see the lights get Hold up. So one of the things Lupe actually does on one of his songs on one of his mixtapes, and I forgot which one it is. I think it's Switch. But anyway, he talks about how the second verse is one of the hardest verses for hip hop artists. And it's actually the least preferable. The first verse, you get to come in hard, you set the tone of the song. And that's why a lot of hip hop artists will often have they'll often take the first verse of their songs if they have features or if they're in a group. You'll often see how the the, fir- the biggest name is in that first slot. 
And then on the flip side, the last verse is often the, it's the one people remember. It's the one that sticks in their mind. It comes out at the end. People are able to change the style, mix it up. And that's often another place where you may get a big time feature. You know, if you have a little Wayne or uh, Drake or something, they'll come in at the last verse. Yeah, it might change the style a little bit, but it adds a little bit more flair. That's oftentimes where you get that last verse. And it's usually in some cases, hip hop artists will charge more to be in specific verse spots. The reason I bring that up is because verse two in this song, I think is the best verse is he's talking about how, despite all of those things that he mentioned before about how the spotlight can burn it, can burn you, can send you straight to hell, can take you all the great things out of your life, despite the fact that's all you want. All Most of us don't want that to fade. They want it to braid, which I didn't know this, but apparently when you braid hair, it helps it grow. So that's pretty cool. I definitely won't be doing that. I don't have the... the uh, patience and or hair tolerance to do that or length of hair although i did once look like i broke out of a lesbian prison so i used to have that kind of hair and probably could have had a braid but also white people don't white men i'm sorry white women that's fine white men never braid your hair no dreadlocks no um just just keep it there's acceptable styles that's all i'm gonna say acceptable styles I don't need you to look like fucking um, Malibu's Most Wanted or some Machine Gun Kelly bullshit. Like, clean your hair up, clean your look up. It doesn't have to be that crazy. But anyway, so again, he's talking about in this second half of this second verse, he's talking about my cool young history who's waiting to hear from heaven whether he's getting in. Uh, in the first verse, at the end of the first verse, you might have heard that God sends him back to earth kind of toiling to uh, make a decision. But now he's sending him back to his same cage, which is the same lifestyle that he was in, this drug-dealing lifestyle where you're not really set up for success. You can be the greatest life... You can be the greatest drug dealer on Earth, but there is no success. There's no escaping that game. And he tops it off with that it really doesn't matter to the fans what you're going through. The audience isn't phased. They're not going to clap and they're not going to praise unless you get out on stage and perform for them. So now it's a little bit different. The tune goes from, you may want this lifestyle, but no matter what happens to you, the audience isn't going to care. They're only going to, they've been waiting to see you, they've been waiting to see you perform, to get on stage and be real with them. They don't they don't really care what else is going on in your life. So not only the fans just want to hear your music, they are not tolerating all the other bullshit. So you don't even have a net safety net when it comes to keeping that spotlight, because if you don't perform for them, they aren't clapping. It's, it's a very negative way to look at, you know, what's going on in life, but I bet you he felt a lot of that when he couldn't you know his fans couldn't help him keep the music he wanted to perform later in his career um they just wanted him to put out new music and it actually led to him losing a lot of his probably mainstream fans as they waited and waited and he would you know he'd kind of bash on his own songs it was very interesting um i i remember there was an interview he did about kick push which was his first big single and you know it got airplay and it got that was where he kind of hit the mainstream at least the rap mainstream not the regular mainstream i know i said that before but and he said that you know, he kick push, obviously all, all about skateboarding. He wrote it about a guy he knew named Ken, who was a skateboarder. And a lot of people wanted him to be in like photo shoots with Tony Hawk and talking to skateboarders. And he's like, I like skateboarding, but I don't skateboard. This song isn't me. And this album isn't me. The rest of the album, that was the single before his first album, Food and Liquor came out. And he is like, I don't want to do this because it's not who I am. Skateboarding is cool, but it's not a, the whole album's not about that. And he's he looks at it and says, so he made the second album. It was all one cohesive story, and it led to this. But also, it's about being true to who you are. But the, the fans don't care. Once they hear that song, they want to hear more of it. They ask for it. They want the skateboards. If they want to see these skateboards, then he just kind of eschews it and goes with his own direction. So I respect that about Lupe of doing it. But 
Um, it's an interesting thing here. The metaphor of the governor called and told him to wait to unstrap him from the chair and put him back in his cage. Right before he's about to die and get sent to that paradise land, the governor tells him he has to wait and get back in his cage, get back to the light he does. But then this last line is, they've been waiting to see since 10 to see the lights get dim. I always thought that meant when the lights come down on the stage, that's what they're waiting for. If you try to extend the time in the spotlight, everyone will get annoyed because they want to see the next person. They want to see the next person. But if the real thing here is he's talking about that if you try to extend your fame too long, it can lead to your downfall. It can lead to your execution in this case because when unstrap him from the chair, when someone would get the chair, electric chair in jail, all the lights in the jailhouse often go dim when it's shown in like a cinematic sense, right? Because... They flick the switch, it shoots the electricity, and you kind of hear the that kind of thing. And that's, so maybe they're waiting on that. They're waiting on the fact that, you know, we've seen you too long. They, they, they've already paid for you. They're done. They want you out of the spotlight. And they've been waiting just to see you get finished off. It's a very, I mean, it's obviously a melancholy message. But that was kind of one, another reason I wanted to do this song. People think of the song, it's kind of pun. You're bopping around. You kind of think, even the video doesn't really have a lot of the death tones to it. But it's... It's pretty sad. I mean, he clearly, he's always been very aware of his own um, f- fame and, um, not je ne sais quoi, that's the wrong word, despite it being French and super cool to use in general conversation, um, but it, his own um, mora- uh, or mortality in the hip-hop community, in the uh, performance uh, arena. He, he knows that that's just not something you can keep keep on going forever, even though that's what people want, right? That's People want to have that everlasting fame. And it's just not there for so many people. So, um, and we're going to hear a little bit more of that in the third uh, verse here. So I'm going to let that roll and you get a little bit more Lupe. Chauffeur, chauffeur, come and take me away Cause I've been standing in this line for like five whole days Me and security ain't getting along And when I got to the front, they told me all of the tickets were gone So just take me home where the mood is mellow When the roses are thrown, M&Ms are yellow When the light bulbs around my mirror don't flicker Everybody gets a nice autograph picture One for you and one for your sister Who had to work tonight but is an avid listener Every song's a favorite song and mics don't feedback All the reviewers say you need to go and see that. And everybody claps cause everybody is pleased And then they all take the stage and start performing for me Like ha 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 So in this third verse, Lupe is really describing the He's describing the heaven that he wants, the escape from the hip-hop lifestyle that he lives and escape from this immense pressure to perform. Take me home where the mood is mellow and the roses are thrown, M&Ms are yellow. People are celebrating him. People are giving him exactly what he wants. The M&Ms are yellow, which made me think of crazy celebrity riders. I always think it's so funny. If you're not familiar with a rider, a rider is what a celebrity requests from a a venue or a location. So when they arrive, they have certain food or drinks or different things like that. It's part of a contractor performing wherever they're going. And there's always stories about people being like, I only want yellow M&Ms, like the song says. It, It can be so specific to that thing. Or it can be, you know, I want three bottles of Perrier, one of which has been half drunk by a Nairobi immigrant, um, with a while holding a picture of my mother, like it can be, it, some of them are pretty insane, and I always think it's hilarious that that's you're already paying this person hundreds of thousands of dollars to come perform or do whatever it is, and yet you have this ride where it's like, yeah, you're gonna need to pick out the brown M and M's. I can't, I can't have those. Now it's actually funny because this reference here, the M and M's are yellow. It actually is because 
Lupe, who's a devout Muslim, can only ha- can't have the red M and M's because they con- uh, contain a carmine composed dye that Muslims are f- forbidden to eat, called cochineal, Koch- cochineal. I don't know, but it's only in red M and it's not ye- uh, yellow M and M's. For Lupe, heaven is a place where the M and M's are all yellow, and it- it's talking about how you know he just wants to get back to making music. He just wants to create songs for people to enjoy with diehard fans that come out and listen to what he did and what he wants. He doesn't need all the the chauffeurs. He doesn't need that lifestyle. He doesn't need the glamour that a lot of people aspire to and a lot of people rap specifically about. Um, but he's saying, you know, the, the reviewers are talking for him and everyone's clapping for him. And then the song ends where all the fans take the stage to start performing for Lupe, which is, you know, it, it's essentially what he wants. He wants to go back underground, see it, see his work kind of blossom and take it where even the fans are performing the song. You don't even need to be the performer. And I think that's what a lot of people in the hip hop community are talking about. And I mean, would probably dream of, you know, in the, in the end where you aren't the, you know, the show pony in some cases, it's, it's a really tough life. And I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. You know, obviously in this situation, it's like his dream of it, but it's also to that metaphor that is talked about throughout the song. It's, my cool young history he's the drug dealer he wants to give up the life and go somewhere where it's a paradise and be a part of it and he's waiting for like in the beginning of the verse it talks about i've been staying in this line for like five whole days me and security ain't getting along and when i got to the front they told me all of the tickets were gone he's he's not going to be let in you you don't get to that you can't get to that heaven despite you being famous despite you being the renowned drug dealer despite you being at the top of your industry whether illegal or illegal it, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't help you get to your paradise because paradise is just, it's always unattainable. It's something that just isn't possible. And so even as you try, even if you want to give up the things that are in your life that are negative, it's just not possible. And yes, this may sound like an Oprah power hour uh, that I've gone into with this song, but frankly, it's its a great, de- I think I this is a in- very interesting song lyrically that doesn't get enough credit because people don't think of Lupe in the same light they think of some of the, you know, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is a great lyricist, and he's much more mainstream. Um, and I'm sure I will do an, an art, an article, a breakdown of one of his songs very soon. But Lupe, to me, his, his metaphors are m- much more about self-awareness, uh, the industry itself, what's going on around him as opposed to kind of, and Kendrick, Kendrick does a lot of that too, but I think if you pay attention to it, it's, there's a lot more masquerading and hiding the true fear and the true uh, toughness and the true uh, struggle that he goes through. A lot more of that is in his songs. And I recommend highly that, I mean, it was nominated for a Grammy for a reason from a person who's never gotten above. This was his second album. He His first album didn't, did, I mean, it did well, but it wasn't a crazy charting success but again just saw seeing it in concert just was amazing to bring me back to those days when i first heard it and i will say actually lupe fiasco is the cool before i uh, let everybody go and enjoy the rest of their day i remember my i think my brother bought me this album before i went on a trip that was probably one of my least favorite vacations of my whole life i went to go spend uh, a new year's eve in uh, Chicago with some friends that I met at a journalism camp because yes, I'm that kind of person. And I remember listening to this album on the plane. I, I put it on my old school iPod and I listened to it all the way through. And I probably listened to this whole album in just over and over and over and over 
on the flight there. Now the flight to Chicago is four hours. This track, this song, I'm sorry, this album is 70 minutes long. So I probably got four listens in uh, each direction or almost four listens and maybe including the shuttle to wherever I was going. And it was, you know, that trip was a terrible trip. It was, uh, I, I would never, never go back there enjoy that trip again because there was nothing enjoyable about it despite the fact it is the trip where i purchased my drop it like it's hot t-shirt that had a penguin holding oven mitts on it um and that was that's one of my favorite t-shirts but the rest of the trip was hot garbage so but please listen to this album the cool it's a it's such a has such a great memory in my mind this is the only thing that got me through that trip and uh would recommend it to anyone else who's going through it because there's some great hits on here and i'm sure i'll be back to this album at some point to talk more about it but for now i'm gonna play play you out on the sweet dulcet tones of matt santos and um if anyone has would like to come and be the guest i'm happy to have more people on so uh, i'm looking forward to it but again this has been ross lipschultz episode 10 ross tentations and enjoy the rest of the superstar a superstar Then have no fear The camera's here And the microphones And they wanna know Oh, oh, oh If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear The crowd is here And the lights are on Just...